You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely. Therefore, the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Inspiring Progressive Business, a podcast series for SMEs. Join us for insights from inspirational business leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts on key topics of importance to your business. Well, welcome to this session on how to gain the competitive advantage with MNCs. Now, what are green principles and green goals of multinational corporations and how can aligning with them give your business a competitive advantage? Today, I'm speaking to an SME who pivoted their operations to meet the green needs of their MNCs and a true expert on what MNCs are looking for in supply chain partners. So a very warm welcome to Lindsay Hermes and Tyler Shaw. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Lindsay, let me come to you first. Thank you so much, Winfield. It's great to be here today. Uh, I'm Lindsay Hermes, the head of Enterprise Solutions at Sarai. Sarai was founded out of HSBC. We're a wholly owned subsidiary of HSBC Group. We were founded two years ago um, as a need to extend the bank's mission to facilitate international trade. Sarai is here to simplify global trade. And how are we doing that? Well, today we're focused on the apparel industry, and we're doing that through a B2B platform where data can be exchanged and businesses can grow and connect globally. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. Kailesh, if I may come to you, would you like to introduce yourself and All Time Plastics? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Winfield. Uh, I'm Kailesh Shah from All Time Plastics uh, India. Uh, we are a plastic housewares manufacturing company based out of Mumbai, and our plants are located about 180 kilometers from the city. Uh, we have two plants. It's a family-driven business with a lot of passion and a lot of professionalism to look at all the needs which all big multinationals have. Thank you. Thanks, Kailesh. I would like to definitely hear more about passion and professionalism. But before I come to you, Kailesh, let me go to Lindsay. Lindsay, first question goes to you. You understand the way MNCs think. Now, why is there so much focus on sustainability? And why is it important? Well, there are two big drivers for sustainability these days with the multinationals that we're working with. It's right. And it comes down to these two things, regulation and storytelling. Now, there are many different uh, geopolitical shifts happening and regulations being formed around those changes. And as those regulations change and are being communicated, The multinationals are really working as fast as they can to keep up with that. That means their supply chains need to respond quickly as well, and they're not always enabled to do so. There's also storytelling end of the spectrum, and that's where brands these days want to be able to tell you a story about that garment you're wearing down to what material is in the button, the resin that was made for that button. And they can't do that if they don't have 
the information that they need. And to be able to tell stories that talk about the water programs happening in a remote village in India, or the gender diversity program happening in Vietnam. They need information on who's in their supply chain and what's in their supply chain. So for a lot of suppliers in the apparel industry, they think their special sauce is who they work with. When in the future, it's going to be all about disclosing that so that a multinational understands not only who's in their tier one supply chain or tier two if they're nominated, but going up as far as tier three, four, five, and beyond if that data can be tracked. So it's a priority, not only because of these two drivers, regulation and storytelling, but it's also about consumers like you and me. We, we want to know that the things that we buy are made sustainably and ethically, and the banks that are funding supply chains also are driving those demands. So it's really about tracking and you can't measure what you can't track. Great point, Lindsay. It's, it's all about storytelling. It's about telling the story to the customers, the shareholders, the banks as well. It's a great point. Now, let me come to the point about what are MNCs therefore looking for in a supplier? What do you need to present to an MNC if you are a supplier? This is where it's all about showcasing what makes you trustworthy and credible and presenting a very digitally enabled service to that multinational. So whatever you're going to do, you need to make sure that what you're delivering is measurable. Like I said, you can't measure what you can't track. And the more data that you have, the more attractive you are potentially to that multinational. And when you know that that multinational has made some public commitments to sustainability, uh, whether it's to a specific accreditation program, um, you know, most, most of these multinationals publish their tier one, if not tier two supply chain. You can find out what their um, minimum bar is for suppliers and benchmark yourself against that. See how you compare. But really, you need to be prepared to be transparent and traceable. Everybody today, every brand, every retailer, they need to know that the material in their supply chain, the labor in their supply chain is coming from the right place, not a risky place. And you know that means that you need to be able to prove it. And today with COVID, you can't get on a plane. You can't go and do as many of the, the same due diligence work that happened pre-COVID. And that's where digital really does drive things forward for multinationals these days. Thanks, Lindsay. Kalesh, I'm going to come to you because what Lindsay mentioned is you need to be traceable, you need to be measurable, and you need digital as well. So Kailash, as a supplier to an MNC yourself, do you agree with what Lindsay is saying? Absolutely agree. Uh, I think for uh, anything what you need to do, you need to have your base measurements first on a base level. You need to know where you are starting from. You need to know your goals very clearly, that where you wish to reach and where you hope to reach. Again, you'll have to make this measurable goals to be coming in automatic. 
wherever possible so people don't get tired of measuring and that the fatigue comes in you should have systems in place where uh, you could measure it much more holistically rather than customer wise it should be device your company ways because ultimately the sme is going to service many many customers and these many customers each will have its own agenda each will have its own priorities someone will have a water priority someone will have a material priority and someone will have a recycle priority so the company will have to make its own sustainable policy a sustainable program where they will say okay uh, we would invest here the most and next year we'll invest here the most and this is the way our five year plan will pan out you cannot be not transparent and still expect business to come in absolutely kalesh and you have actually walked down this path tell us when you start and how was the experience been the experience has been good initially we were uh, like first first meeting about 4 5 years ago we were also said why are we what are we talking like then we really went down to it when we said plastic is absolutely like everything in the eye of the storm and everyone hates plastic and everyone talks about plastic polluting the world and the sea and the water uh, there is much more for us to do if we want to look at 10 years down the line whether our business will sustain as a plastic business or what is going to be done on that and then when we looked at opportunities we saw that we could reduce cost and there has been one tremendous example we had where we thought that the, we told the customer that the price is going to change here because this is a compound made of an abs polymer and a polycarbonate polymer and polycarbonate recycle industrial waste it will be very tough for us to get but ultimately what happened to our surprise that automobile manufacturers make their headlamps sell polycarbonate scrap at a very reasonable cost and we lowered the price by 15% the processing became much more easier and we were very much surprised that at the start of that product life cycle only we were going with a lower price point for the end consumer and making it more sustainable product so there are different aspects to uh, different things that there, there is a very good example what we have for uh, packaging that where we improved on packaging so much but you know kalesh it's it's sometimes not just about the product or the design uh, from what i understand it's the small things that actually matters as well absolutely agree <laughs> it is about not about material selection it is about packaging uh the energy use the capital equipment what we purchase for making those manufactured parts can we invest into renewable energy uh, what natural resources which we use how much oil are we consuming how much water are we consuming in our production facilities so there are so many other things which are indirectly which the customer cannot see the customer can feel the fabric as lindsay said that or feel the button but the customer cannot see beyond that and the factory needs to see beyond that and once the factory starts looking beyond that they will automatically make great products lindsay i'm going to come to you next on um motivation now from your perspective what do you think are the motivations behind this transition i think you know like i said consumer demand that's really important we all want to know what we're buying is the best it can be for the people the planet for the product but that's also where regulation is really driving that too and as things change how can smes 
keep up with the changing requirements. That's where the MNCs and the SMEs have to collaborate. And in the end, you as an SME need to give the multinational the feeling of trust that gives them the ability to act, to make data-driven decisions, and to have transparency in their supply chain that lends them the ability to tell that story so that they can talk about the facilities that are doing all of these incredible sustainability initiatives like Kailash is talking about. If I were to ask you, would you do it all again? What would you say? Yes, yes, absolutely. I'll do it again. It's no matter like uh, when we'll put up our new plant, uh, we will do it much more better than our existing facilities because uh, even retailers will have to understand that existing factory can convert up to a certain level. Beyond that, it cannot convert. Some changes are within their controls. Some changes are outside their controls. But each and every one of us will have to change. And we will definitely do it again and we'll do it in a more smarter manner than what we have done now. I just want to expand a little bit here. Uh, you mentioned about um, it's easier to do it if you are running a new business. Why do you say so? What are the challenges you think or you have experienced so if, if you're running an existing it, business? Yes, I mean, it's very clear about their target customers and their requirements uh, apart from the product. Uh, there are so many soft requirements now today uh, drive the decisions. Uh, we have got businesses where we were not the lowest price, but we still got the business because there are soft factors which now work. And uh, those soft factors, though they don't give you a huge margin, but at least they give you that you are out of the line and you are winner of that contract or that business because you have been able to demonstrate a certain activity or you are able to convince the buyer that if our volume changes, if down the line we take this path, if we change the design slightly, if we change the color slightly, we would have a more sustainable and a better product. And that is now becoming acceptable. When we started our journey, we had only few retailers were talking of sustainability, but when we asked for changes, they were very reluctant. But now their purchase teams understand uh, the demand from their boards are coming up that you need to change. We wanted to put up our own policy in place that there has to be a mission on sustainability. What is going to be all times mission on sustainability? So we've taken a call back by 2030, all time plastics, all energy up to 70% will be green energy. Now it's a big ask for us. That's our biggest uh, <laughs> what we do. So it's a good thing which we have a target set on. So we will slowly go to that area. Thank you. Thanks, Alish. Um, Lindsay, I'm going to come to you. Um, now we move from a, a plastic industry to an apparel, textile and garment industry as well. And I know that you are an expert in that industry as well. Um, do you have any thoughts about how the OPEC supply chain is going to be one of the major challenges in this transition to green? Absolutely. And... You know, change is hard, but the reason that a lot of the multinationals that we're working with are striving for supply chain transparency is that this industry has typically been opaque from day one. And a lot of the players that want to keep things opaque stand to gain a lot from the lack of transparency. And 
that doesn't really help anybody in the future. In the future, it's it's all about how to make things in the supply chain much more transparent. That visibility of who is in my supply chain, that's where everybody needs to start. Every multinational just needs to know who. And then the what comes from what am I tracking? Where did it happen? And putting that data in together, that's a real chore. It's difficult to do, it's time consuming. And the fact that supply chain transparency really means just those basic two things, the visibility and the traceability. And that, those things are difficult to achieve. That's where we see the opportunity to simplify what is very traditional and very complex. So it's a drag for now, but in the future, it's going to get a lot more streamlined, a lot more open and a lot more data-driven thanks to technology. Very interesting views on the future, Lindsay. Kailash, over to you on the future itself. How do you see that the industry is going to evolve in the future? Industry, as what Lindsay said, that data is important. So capturing data on your ERP platforms becoming more and more important. Your old ERP systems like what we have been using right now are not geared up to capture a lot of those dimensions and information. So there would be some areas you would require a tremendous shift in having your IT platforms right, that I could trace my batch, my raw material to my pallet number, which is shipped to X customer at X part of the world. So if you want to trace that much from my PO number to my vendor, you require a IT's backbone, which is going to do help you do that. And some amount of investments. That is why I always say top management involvement is very, very crucial because these kind of decisions cannot be taken by lower down the team. And if you are going to make Excel sheets and making do it, do it on paper, it's going to be a tough journey and you get tired of it. <laughs> I think this exactly covers why Sarai exists. One of our clients, a global brand, we heard from their supply chain manager that every different office around the world had a different spreadsheet for tracking which suppliers they were working with. And there was one person whose job it was to reconcile all those 14 spreadsheets that at the end of the day, they didn't have the same schema. They didn't have the same columns. And so the data that they were tracking was inconsistent from different region to different region. And that created more work for this person and manual, manual labor. Nobody likes to work in Excel that much. And this is the, the headache of legacy systems, inconsistent data structures, and basically lack of understanding of what those standards are that need to be met across um, not only an industry, but even within one company. It's astonishing how much time people want to spend manually reconciling spreadsheets. And some of the technology that we've gone to market with for our supply chain solutions in particular, this is where we're hearing from the end users that this is like voodoo magic. This is saving them hours every day on Sarai. Kailash, was, was this uh, manual recognition uh, one of the challenges that when you first embarked on this journey? There was the data because see for us, it's because of a plastic industry and the nature of industry we have, uh, we don't have so many 
different uh, suppliers like in apparels it happens it is not that that complex uh, but then too uh, we found that lot of our people were engaging in very boring excel sheet jobs our engineers were writing production reports and uh, they need to fill up forms at the end of the shift so we really wanted to change our legacy system and uh, get into the new system which we are on the journey right now we should implement it in the next 6 months it will be deployed where we are tracking our machine production right from the part being manufactured uh, it gets into our erp system so they don't need to transfer so you have the traceability right from the first point and people only need to do data entry for rejects and something like that uh, so they are more on the machine more on the job more creative uh, for finding better solutions on the shop floor because the guy on the shop floor is the smartest uh, we are not the smartest he knows exactly what we are doing so uh, a final question for you both right what is your advice for other smes uh, who are looking to supply to the mnc any sme who wants to uh, come into the ocean i should say of mncs <laughs> and uh, want to get into a bit of share of the business of this big mncs apart from having their technical quality and the price picture correct they need to be sure and focused on their sustainable agenda uh, sustainable product design sustainable manufacturing practices sustainable capital investments packaging areas a uh, smarter way of recycling smarter way of having power and all this will save money i'm 100% sure i've gone through that journey i'm very very sure that we'll save money in in fact when i'm looking at my new plant and making the green building i'm going to use less of power for my lights and i'm going to use less of insulation and less of heating and so many things are going to get benefited now whether that translates in real money is a different discussion altogether how much real money it might not at the end of the journey some of the initiatives you may not save little but you will market a lot you will save a little more here and little more there but i think that journey is very very important and sme have to focus on this this is going to be a requirement in future it's like a visa <laughs> <laughs> i see lindsay actually nodding her head while you were saying that this is a visa right so Let's say yes. any any points to supplement uh, from what Kalash is mentioning. Absolutely, I think uh, you know being digitally enabled that's going to be table stakes in the future. The differentiator for SMEs to attract MNCs are you know the accreditations that they have at each of their facilities, how they operate and lead their own business. and leading by example as kailash has mentioned you know that's really important because the differentiator continues to be that storytelling angle for the mnc so that when let's say your favorite brand puts on the hang tag or the label in your garment a qr code you can scan that qr code and give them you know you get the data that comes from the entire supply chain and that brand is confident to publish that because their supply chain is completely transparent you can do that through technology and then you can work with the mnc's kailash you know there there are different companies in the whole market as well not every one of them have a full tenure horizon you can envisage that some of them are in a much more volatile 
environment as well. What would, would your advice be different? It, it advice doesn't change with your 10 year horizon you will do the right investments what happens is with a smaller horizon you will still do the right things but you would not find a vendor who is the best vendor in the market find a vendor who will give you a sustainable product but you will do it for two two seasons and the third season you are again losing him out so when you are doing with a 10 year horizon uh, you will keep your costs down uh, you will keep sustainable right in focus and uh, ultimately it all boils down to cost let us understand one thing no mnc pays you extra it can pay you extra for one year or two years ultimately you will have to bring the cost to the realistic market consumer demand level mm. you just not say then you have only few hand picked customers who will go and buy a fancy item because it was labeled so and so i give two x price that doesn't happen and even if it is going to happen it will be such a small size of market in that small size of market who is going to do business Cost is the major factor, right? I mean, I'm not sure every SMEs would think like you because it's a long-term investment as well. What would your advice be to them? You you take your whole sustainable program of your own company in place. I think everything falls in place. Mm-hmm. And don't do it for one customer. Sometimes what happens to generally small companies? They get an order and they get a questionnaire and they want to tick mark that questionnaire to say that okay, my packaging is done, my this is done, my this is done. I am sustainable. This is not going to work. It will all go wasted. So that that's the only advice. Do it for your own company. Do it for the planet. Do it for your children and your family who are going to live further. And if you look at that, you automatically start thinking in a different manner. Then the customer always comes there. If the everything is there, then the customer is there. Actually, this reminds me about the point where Lindsay started. She says, "Tell the story to the stakeholders and the customers and the banks as well." Right, Lindsay? Yeah, it's all about your values as a company. How are you living and breathing them? Not just for your business, but how do yours align with theirs? And that's a great way to build credibility and trust between an SME and an MNC. Show them how similar you are in your ambitions to make the environment better. You know, make the world a better place. You know what? I really like this last few points that you guys are mentioning. It's the same goals as SMEs, and and that to me, it's like the point uh, uh, for this discussion as well. This Thank is you. a very very interesting conversation. Now, for the audience, thank you very much for staying tuned, and thank you very much, Lindsay, and thank you very much, Kailash. This has been a special production of our inspiring progressive business mini series. There will be more episodes focusing on a number of different topics, such as starting your green journey, being cyber resilient, and how having a purpose-led mindset could benefit your business. Please listen out for those. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.